Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Summer Movie Club. I'm your host, Zach Weiss, and I think I'm doing pretty okay for a 15-year-old with a wife and a baby. Uh, I'm joined, as always. Now, you're going to have to give my co-host a second. Adam Weiss needs to think about his entire life before he podcasts. Adam, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, this week, we are starting our, I guess, 10-part series of uh, just... Just doing movies that we want to talk about, I guess. No. Um, you know what I thought you... of the other day? What's that? Um, what I thought of is that the episode we released last, which was Empire Strikes Back, was right. episode 126, which right. means this is episode 127, which mm-hmm. means in three episodes, we're going to have a live watch. Right. And in eight episodes, it's an Alex episode. Oh, so fun facts. So uh, I think this will be the second time uh, that Alex was on that we didn't let him pick the movie mm. um, because it'll be, it'll be up to the fate, up to fate. Yeah. Um, which reminds me, we had a little bit of a issue getting started recording today. Uh, there seems to be some uh, some tumultuous happening going on with the. Uh, the, the app that we use, they, they rebranded and et cetera, et cetera. But we're finally up and running. Uh, in case you didn't look at your uh, episode title or pick up off of the cues of our intros this week, we are covering uh, Walk Hard, uh, the Dewey Cox story. Um, the movie was... Um, you got a year on this movie? Was it 2000? 2007. 2007. Uh, movie was written and uh, written by Judd Apatow and Jake Kasdan, who also directed it. Adam, do you? I asked you earlier if you noticed a connection between this week's episode and last week's episode. Did you? Did you pick up on anything? Mm. No. Jake Kasdan is the son of Lawrence Kasdan, who, if I'm not mistaken, wrote the, uh, or did he direct uh, The Empire Strikes Back? Uh, He did not direct The Empire Strikes Back because um, the guy with the name who I like directed Empire Strikes Back. But he he definitely uh, definitely wrote it. Um, Hold on, I'm bringing it up. Lawrence Kasdan is one of the writers, yes. Irving Kirshner was the director. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But yes, so this movie is written by the the son of the guy who wrote our movie last week. week. So Um, cousins of the podcast? uh, I believe, let's call it like, let's call it nephew of the podcast. No, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) But um, actually, I guess guess this movie is a... uh, Grandson. Grandson, I was about to say, because it's it's the brainchild of the child yeah. of a friend of the podcast. Um, if you're not familiar with the movie, because you know, I, I don't think this movie. I think if if you know this movie and like this movie, then you really know this movie and really like this movie. But it was not a commercial success when it first came out. It only no this movie. Rose- yeah, this movie cost thirty-five million dollars to make, and it only did eighteen at the box office. Right, and I think it's it's definitely gotten a second life um, since since its release. I I feel like, but I still don't feel like it says, "Hey Ben, shush." Uh, I still don't feel like it's, it's as well known. But I, so 
if you're unfamiliar with the movie, first off, why are you listening to this episode? Yeah. Um, and secondly, um, it's a it's a parody, basically, movie of uh, lampooning the the uh, trend in movies in the early to mid two thousands of the over serious music biopic. Uh, some examples are uh, uh, Oscar winning Walk the Line, uh, Oscar winning uh, Ray. Um, that that sort of movie. Uh, and it. over over the course of this movie, they pair they spoof Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan, Ray Charles, David Bowie, Roy Orbison, Queen, Meatloaf, David Crosby, Jim Morrison, Harry Chapin, Don McLean, Elvis Presley, The Cars, Christopher Ward, Nelly, Tim McGraw, The Beatles, Brian Wilson. Did you, did yeah, Nelly apparently. During Where, his smile album period and Stevie Wonder, I have no idea. Um, I don't, does anybody wear a bandaid on their faces? <laughs> Probably. Um, Adam, uh, what is your history with this movie? Um, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember, I don't remember like, seeing it for the first time. Or... Yeah, it's just kind of like it's just it's it's one of those things that feel like it's just always been in existence. Right. Like, I, I was in high school when this movie came out. I don't remember it coming out. Um. But yeah, it's just kind of like I saw it one time, and it's. I was explaining it to, um, to to Katie, and I was like, "Oh, we're covering Walk Hard," and she's like, "Oh, Johnny Cash," and I said, "Sorta." And she said, is it, is it the Joker or is it the guy from Step Brothers? And I was like, it's the one with the guy from Step Brothers. Because um, she's never seen it. Um, whatever, whatever is ailing him, I hope it kills him. He just um, put his head on the table because he's a dope. Oh, good. Next time when he does it, slam his head a little bit harder so he passes Come out. here. Uh this is the second time he's hit his head on the table today because he fell off the damn couch earlier and hit his... I thought, like, we dodged a bullet earlier. He fell off the couch, hit his neck on the corner of the table. Oh, good. Uh, cried a bunch, but he ended up being okay. That's how, um... That's how, uh... That's how, uh, Hillary Swank died. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't think of her name well, for a minute. Well, isn't it, uh... Uh... Didn't, didn't Clint Eastwood kill her? Yeah, yeah. But um, he killed her because he couldn't Christine, stand to see yeah. her. I, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I don't remember seeing this movie for the first time either. But it's—I mean, I don't know. It's been a little bit since I've—I've I've, I've seen it. Uh, but um, I don't know how you stand on it. But I fucking love this movie. This movie. Yeah, it's—it's it's very much. It's—it's it's very much of this time. Like, but it still works. I, I feel like. Oh no! But that's the thing. I feel like all of the comedies, all of like the R-rated comedies of that like mid two thousands, like before the two thousand tens, they all still work because they all we like we they came out at a time where I feel like they came out at a time where like especially like what I just said. This came out when I was in high school. Um, so this came out in a time where my sense of humor my my interests and stuff like that were kind of uh blossoming 
Mm-hmm. So you could almost, I, I would almost say that, like you were, be, you were, you were going from a comedy girl into into a comedy woman, exactly. Right. Um, but you could almost say that, like the 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 R rated comedies of like the of the two thousands, um, I think kind of molded our sense of humor. So right. they still work because they gave us the sense of humor that we have. So I love um, this movie. Uh, it's so fucking funny. Like, I don't remember the last time I watched a movie where I like audibly laughed out loud as much as rewatching this movie last night. Um, um, I'll tell you though, I love this movie, but you know it's hard to fucking get through. What the director's cut? See, I kept loading up the director's cut until I found a a theatrical cut version. The director's cut is like. It feels like it's like three hours long. It's at least a half hour longer because I, I saw, um, for some reason, the formatting on my uh, TV is such that I can't see the bottom corners of the cinema app where it has uh, the time code. All I can see is the first number of the total runtime and the last number of the current runtime. Um, so I could see at the very least that the total runtime for the director's cut is two hours and something. Yeah, it's long. Um, and literally what it is, it's a half hour more of just more dick jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my, the one that I really enjoy is um, in the director's cut or the unrated version, whatever the hell it is, um, Dewey Mary Cheryl Teagues. Okay. And she hyphenates her name, so her name becomes Cheryl Cox Teagues. Nice. Um, I that in. Yeah. Solid. Um, but it, yeah, the 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 unrated version is 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 a, is a little bit of a fucking trek to get through. Yeah. Ain't um, nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with that one. No. But at an hour thirty six, I feel like this is a pretty. It's a pretty tight movie. Um, you're tight. I try. You've been working uh, out. Yeah. Um. Zach, um, we were, like Zach said, we, we were having some technical difficulties. So Zach is doing this without his notes. No, I just pulled him up. I got him now. Oh, you got him? Oh, because yeah. we were saying this movie's not very note heavy. Like, there's not. Um, no, it's. Um, more, I just wanted to be able to uh, pull out some uh, jokes mm-hmm. if I, uh, that I, I made a note of. Um, I like the bit, like, in the whole. Like opening, like the origin story, where um, they keep noting how uh, Nate is going to do great things with the long, long life that he has ahead of him. Yeah, he's like, "Ain't nothing bad's going to happen today." The whole, the whole concept of Nate being cut in half and the whole bits around. Stop! Stop it! You two suck. The whole what? The the whole the whole bit about uh. Like that surrounds Nate getting cut in half. Like, like when he's cut in half, and he goes, "I've been cut in half pretty bad." Yeah, he's like, "Listen to it. I've been cut in half pretty bad." And the the doctor saying this is a particularly bad case of someone being cut in half. <laughs> Dad's like, "Speak English, Doc. We ain't scientists." Mm. It's, I was it's... unable to reattach the top half of him to the bottom half. Of him. It's so fucking ridiculous. Um. Uh. My first note is, uh, and I wonder if this is a joke, like it's meant to be a joke, or if it was just a line that, you know, you could 
a snicker ad if you think of it a certain way. But in the beginning, when the guy's looking for Dewey. Oh, and he's like, he's like I need cocks? Guys, I need cocks. Oh, yeah, that's definitely supposed to be... I, I like that's I that's I think that's literally my first note is I need cocks. It's like this is the first of many just blatant dick jokes in this movie. Um, it was uh, let's talk about the cast of this movie. This cast is oh this is, this this this, this movie has like it's just like a bunch of random ass because you know what it is it's it comes from like it's it's Judd Apatow wrote it. So it's literally just Judd Apatow calling his friends and right. and getting them in the movie. Like we, but like we we have um, we have John C. Let me bring up the cast because I have fucking the IMDb page. We have um, um, the guy who who the guy saying like announcing that he needs Cox. Nate Faxon is big in like mm-hmm. if you've seen. Uh, fucking beer fest or like shit like that you would have seen him john c riley tim meadows um david crumholds crumholds margo martindale who that's when she comes on i forgot that she played ma cox no uh she's in like a ton of stuff Kristen Um, wig craig robinson harold ramis is in this movie martin star chris parnell i was was about to say does harold ramis even have a line but he's the one that does the the yiddish yeah, he, uh, the, Lee, rehab, <laughs> rehab. Um, oh, rehab. Jack McBriar's in this. Ed Helms, like, and then it gets like crazy with just like little mini cameos. Frankie Muniz plays Buddy Holly. Jack White plays Elvis Presley. That's the craziest of the, of the cameos. Like, how did they? Like, I can't imagine the phone call that that resulted in Jack White coming in and doing Kung Fu Elvis. Um, what the, who the hell is Dewdrop? Oh, Dewdrop is is his kid. Oh, because that's Skyler Gazondo. You know, you know um, him. He's in. Um, he was in um, uh, the the Ed Helms Vacation. He played the old. Oh son. yeah. Uh, I didn't like recognize him as he would have been. Yeah. You know. Jane Lynch shows up in this movie. Yeah, for a second. Um, and then in the end, we have like we have Jewel, Lyle Lovett, Ghostface Killer, Killer, excuse me. Oh yeah, that is him. We have That's Eddie Vedder, like Jackson Brown. Like we just we like this movie just is is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um. You have uh, Stacy Scally as Pierce Eyebrow Girl. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. Um, but yeah, so um, hold up my notes again. Um, I never noticed that the way he checks that he lost his sense of smell as he sniffs his armpits. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the whole uh, bit. Um, so I didn't know this, but um, I for- I knew this because I read it before because of this movie, but I forgot. Until I just read it a second ago, the whole losing your sense of smell thing is parodying Stevie Wonder, who was in a car accident and lost the sense of smell. Mm-hmm. So does that mean Stevie Wonder was two senses down? Yeah, his hearing 
he could hear um, if you if you sneezed three counties over, Stevie Wonder would say, "God bless you." Apparently, um, but I love the line where um, where they're at the uh, the talent show. And um, well, first off, the the bit in itself of just uh, John C. Riley as teenage Dewey. Mm. And they keep like, bringing they keep bringing attention to it. Yeah, like he keeps he keeps noting the fact that he's fourteen years old. Yeah, um, um, but the it. whole the whole thing of like I, like the mom saying how like impressed she is that he learned to play even without a sense of smell, and he's like, yeah. "It's all right, Mama. I learned to play, I learned by, to ear. play by ear." Yeah. <laughs> um, we get the we get the well the the reason why they had John C. Riley play. 14-year-old Dewey is because they I watched something where they were talking about how like it's always they always wait to see like in the biopics like how young they will get the actor who plays them to play Mm -hmm. so they thought they would be as ridiculous as possible and have John C. Rowley play a 14-year-old kid I think Kristen Wiig is his 12-year-old girlfriend no I'm I'm Dewey's 12-year-old girlfriend Um, I think without a doubt one of my favorite mo- part lines in this entire movie is, is like when he, when the the priest says something, and he's like he's like you know you don't think we know what you're talking about when you're talking about holding hands. He's like what are you talking about? It's a song about holding hands. He's like you watch your mouth. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about like since we brought up Crystal Wig, I thought we were about to jump ahead to when they oh like, <laughs> what what about my dream? He was like, "Can't make a house made of candy." I told you it would fall. It would rain and fall apart. Not if it never rains. He was like, um, "I do believe in you, but I know you're gonna fail." Um, get it? Um, the fact that every time you see her, she has like three more kids. Yeah, every like they're, 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 their kids are just like fucking the like tens times tables. It's ridiculous. Um, Zach, have you ever gone to a club that the sole purpose of that club is for its patrons to dance erotically? Oh, I love it. I go to a club called The Grind. That's the best I could come up with. No, Zach, Zach what you, you found a club on Grinder is what you meant to say. Oh, yeah. It's, it's called The Big Cock. Yeah. It's got a, like, uh, it's got like a neon uh, light out front of a rooster. And then, like, you know how, like, you can make a, a, a simulate motion by, like, lighting and unlighting different parts of the sign? Yeah. Uh, so it's like a rooster, right? And then, uh, so it like it's flashed in neon, and then it flashes, and the rooster has a penis in his mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Topical. Yeah. So you're thinking, oh, that's why it's called the big cock because the rooster. No, it's about the it's the penises. Yeah. Um, and roosters. There's roosters there. <clears throat> we um. Chanticleer. He's there. Chanticleer. We get the we get the horribly. Um, the horribly anti-Semitic uh, thing of uh, the suits from the record company here, and then it's essentially just three rabbis. No, well, they're Orthodox. They're not rabbis. No, I know. Orthodox, but like, you could be an Orthodox mm. Jew and not be a rabbi. Now no, I know, but like, but they, the, they now look, who's being anti-Semitic? No, but I'm saying like they look like they're the look of them. Like they look like they look like they could be rabbis. Well, not maybe not Martin Starr. But um, definitely is, a Harold Graham is. What is a what does a rabbi look like, Adam? What do you what stereotypes are you hoisting upon the Jewish people? They look like Harold Ramis in this movie. Um, I love the I love the the Harold Ramis line. He's like pizza pie. What's a pizza pie? 
Um, uh, hold on, I'm. Uh... We also get the great line when they're in the um, when they're in the recording studio of uh, is like I would love to restore your faith in Judaism. Christina, <laughs> I'm gonna throw these kids. Um, these kids are gonna. I'm gonna send them to rabbi school. No, you're going to rabbi school. It's like boarding school, but different. Um, uh, I love the whole bit, like the whole thing in um, in the recording studio, where it's like it's it's almost like shot for shot, just making fun of Walk the Line, where like they play one song and the guy doesn't like it, and then he's like, he's like, just give me a chance to play something I wrote. He's like, and he goes through the whole thing. He's like, if you can get these three guys that you've never never met before in your life. And play something so unique that it's that everyone stops and notices, like, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> what is the name of the guy that plays the, the sound engineer? Because he's in other stuff. He's in um I can't find him in the cast list. I'll tell you what his name is. Um what's the name of that movie? Pitch Perfect. He's in Pitch Perfect? Yeah. Who's he? Oh, Perfect. He's one of the. Um, he's like one of the announcers. <clears throat> Once I Once I see him, I'll be able to say. Mm, where are you? Yeah, I, I can't. Like, he's, oh, no, that's not it. I can't find him. Man, he's like the the cast list. I'm even down into the uncredited stuff. Uh, did you mention Jonah Hill? Oh, his name is John Michael Higgins. John? No, no, that's not him. No, it that's is. Not who I'm thinking of. No, that's not who I'm thinking of. I know, but John. Oh, Michael... No, no, no. You know, you know who John I'm Michael, thinking of? John Michael you know Higgins who... is the guy who plays the sound engineer. Yeah, you know who I'm thinking of? Who? The guy that is their parody from Walk the Line. Oh yeah. That's that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, I know John Michael Higgins. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking of. Uh, have to see if I could find. <coughs> yeah, the guy that tells Johnny Cash that he needs to. Yeah, play something original. Um, but yeah, John Michael Higgins played David Letterman in the movie The Night Shift. Um, the HBO original movie. John Michael Higgins has been in a lot of shit. Yeah, he's like a Christopher Guest kind of, isn't he? Like he's, he's in the, he's Guest. in, the, he's in, he's the in um best in show. He's the one who, uh, uh, sewed sewed his own pants. <laughs> best in show is a good movie. We should do best in show at some point. No. Um, um, but you just said, and yeah, at a certain point, Jonah Hill pops up in his movie. Yeah, his old Nate, who's aged even though he's dead and is a ghost. Well, actually, I was just reading a thing about that. Do you know why that happens? Why? Because in Johnny Cash's autobiography, Cash by Johnny Cash, um, in which Walk the oh, Line... Oh, you is, know what? I did read this this trivia that he... Yeah, I did read this. Apparently, trivia, up until Johnny Cash like was older, he would still talk to his brother, who passed away. And when he would talk to his brother, his brother would age with him, but always older than him, though. Um, not even just right now, but I like I I just had it with these children today. 
Oh, I'm talking the, the guy I'm thinking of is Dallas Roberts, who uh from from Walk the Line, who um played uh what's his who, name on he's the also, Walking Dead. Yeah, he's in Walking Dead, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, um he played a uh the the scientist at the Yeah, he was like a, he was like the governor's scientist, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Woodbury. Woodbury's Milton. the name of the There you go. Um I love the um I love the line from we get from Jack McBriar's uh, cameo. Where he's like, it's the new hit song that was just recorded 35 minutes ago. But <laughs> um, I, I would love to have a monkey. Even yeah. for a little bit. I know you can't have, like, especially chimps. You can't have chimps for too long. Because no matter how well trained they are, they eventually, like, turn. Yeah, they eventually get older and go crazy and kill you. Yeah. Um, but even for like, I, I like if you told me like you're gonna get this monkey for a year and it's prime, I'd be like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, yeah, <laughs> monkey in this, monkey in its prime." Um, it's like it, it, you, you just reminded me of the line from this movie. It's like, "Well, I'll give you five thousand dollars." Like, no, you won't. You give me that giraffe. <laughs> I was about to bring up the giraffe because do you think uh, uh, topical here? What do you think the chances are? There's got to be like a slight chance. Uh. Because how many acting giraffes are out there in the world? Uh, it, it, how like you think there's a slight chance that was the giraffe that was just in this most recent episode of The Last of Us? No, you don't think so? Because like monkeys, even though you can train a giraffe, at a certain point they turn. And this movie was made in 2007, and The Last of Us was shot 2012. So we're talking so 12 years. You're not. You gotta Google the lifespan of an acting giraffe. We'll just a, a giraffe. We'll start with just yeah. giraffe. Can you also Google something else for me while you're Googling a uh, lifespan of a giraffe? What's that? Twenty five years, by the way. Twenty five years? Oh, okay, but yeah, it's, I mean, at that point, you gotta imagine the giraffe was uh, not like was at least a couple years old in two thousand seven, mm-hmm. plus another fifteen years, sixteen years. I'm sorry to get to. That was twenty three. Got it. Um, can you Google how tall Buddy Holly was? Um, because I don't yeah. know. It's supposed to be a joke of how much shorter, um, how much well, shorter Frankie. Off, I think John C. Riley is a tall man. Is he? Google how tall John C. Riley is, and then Google well, how tall Buddy, Buddy Holly. Holly was. Buddy Holly was six foot. Okay. And how tall is John C. Riley? John C. Riley is six foot two. Okay. Now Google how tall Frankie Muniz is. Five foot five. Is he? Yeah. All right. So, like, the shortest of the uh, the Malcolm and the Middle Children. Um, you got Christopher Masterson up at 5'10 and then Eric Persullivan who played Dewey mm-hmm. no relation to Dewey Cox no uh, at 5'9 and then Justin Burfield who played uh, what, was, what was that kid's name? Reese 5'8 and then little Frankie Munez uh, do you think had you, had you heard that Frankie Munez does not remember filming much of Malcolm in the Middle? No, really? Like, because he, 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 he was high? 
No, I think he has some. Um, he's got that same thing. thing. He's got he's got the same thing Bruce Willis has. Uh, he's had uh, nine concussions in his life, mainly from playing sports in his youth. Um, um, I know he. Um, I think now, like he does, like he's like he like is a race car driver. He does do that, yeah. Do you um, think he remembers filming Walk Hard? <clears throat> is my question. Probably not. He was probably there for half a day. Um. But yeah, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure, like if they were playing. I wasn't sure if, like, if, if, like, if Buddy Holly was like particularly short. short, and like they were playing it as like a super gag. Because John C. Riley, do you say John C. Riley is six two? Right. So and Frankie full, and, and Frankie Muniz is five five. So he's a full nine inches taller than Frankie. Yeah, but like he seems a lot taller than nine inches in that. Um, and also, this is, I mean, I don't know how much, because Frank Muniz is 37 now, which would have put him at, what, so 37, he was born in 86, which means he would have been about 22 or so. But your your body's done growing by the time you're 22. Yeah, I was about to say, but, you know, you never um, know. You just never no. know, I'm I like how with like the little cameos like this, um, they um, always refer to the person by their first and last name. Right. Yeah. Like, wow, just, buddy. Just Holly. to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do, does he even? I think doesn't he refer to when we get to the Beatles cameo shit? Doesn't he refer to them sometimes as John Lennon of the Beatles? He, he refers to him as he refers to him as George Harrison of the Beatles. Yeah, what do you think of this, George Harrison of the Beatles? Yeah. Um, um, those are the best. That's we'll, you know, say, we'll talk about the Beatles scene because my favorite part in the entire movie happens in the Beatles scene. What part's that? We'll get there. We don't worry. I don't, I don't want to spoil it. Um, we were just talking about Jack White being Kung Fu, um, Kung Fu Elvis, Elvis. and we got... Uh, only two kinds of people know. Only two kinds of people know it: the Chinese and the King. One of them's me. <laughs> I said it never since says like a uh, uh, God. Austin Butler hasn't aged at all. Yeah. Um, he just, he just how great would it be? Have you seen Elvis Austin, Adam? I have. It's not good. It's not good. He's good. Yeah, he's good, but I still don't like it. No, it's not a good movie. It's kind of. It's a. It's a bit of a mess. Yeah, so, so was the man himself. How much better would the movie Elvis had been if they were like, "Listen, we want you to play Elvis exactly how Jack White played him in Walkhard." Um, it would be what? at least five uh, percent better. Yes, yeah. um, um, I do love uh, Dewey's sweet white outfit with the D embroidered on it mm-hmm. when he, when he's playing after when he's following Elvis. We um, um we get the the first of the ongoing gag of like all the pros of doing drugs. Mm. Um, well, they don't really give. Oh yeah, I guess they do give some cocaine pros. Happy <laughs> turn into good feelings. Um, was cocaine around back then? Yeah. Like in that way. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming. I mean, I know, like, back in the 1800s, they were putting it in Coca-Cola, but, like, I can't... Like, it, it seems incongruous... Incon- what's the word? 
I think I almost hit the word. It, it, it seems like... Like continuity? For the 80s. No, like, uh, in terms of, like, it just doesn't seem to mesh, like, any time before, like, the 70s or 80s oh, thinking okay. of, of cocaine. Uh, um, Dewey smokes weed once and ends up in an order. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all been there. It's a gateway yeah. drug to to many things, not just other drugs. Um, it's a gateway to orgies, who, to famous penises that we. Uh, okay, who who do we think? It's got to be Judd Apatow, right? I mean, I guess. But like, it seems like a lot. It seems like a lot for a, a gag penis? because no, because there's a wide <laughs> shot where you see the male naked. Yeah, so that I'm means that's supposed to be diff- they 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 <clears throat> had two penises. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying like that's a lot to go through for a gag to to hire a guy to come play this like thirty second role where he has to be fully nude. Like if it's Judd Apatow, have Judd Apatow show his dick. Um, Speaking of nudity in a movie for 30 seconds, or like long as I heard an argument as to why they allowed Kate Winslet topless in Titanic to be a PG-13. Because uh, it was artistic? Yeah, because it wasn't sexualized. It was... It was yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you can say... You can say fuck in a PG-13. You're allowed one fuck in a PG-13 yeah. movie. But it can't be in a sexual way. It has to be like a, you, mean, a, you mean in the film or in a, the theater showing. <laughs> You're allowed to have one fuck in oh, the yeah. theater yeah. while uh, while yeah, uh, like it has to a PG thirteen movie. It while has to be like what, like what is the what is the name of the movie with Jesse Bradfield? Uh, uh, Clockstoppers. Clock Clock, that was probably PG, right? Not PG yeah. I just watched so that. All recently. of this is a mess. I all just watched, this. dude. I just watched that within the past month. I'm not even lying. Um, but yeah, uh, you're, you're you're allowed one you're allowed one fuck in a PG, provided it's not in a sexual way. Like it has to be like your head, and you're like, "Oh fuck," or like, "What the fuck," or something like that. You can't be like, "Let's fuck." Fun fact: uh, you're allowed. Uh, the reason PG uh, Clockstoppers was allowed to be rated PG is because you're allowed one French Stewart and still maintain a PG rating. It's true. So they did not go over. Mm-hmm. What's this girl like? That girl? Yeah. Oh, um, uh, Harold and Kumar, I think, is what I. Yeah, she was in Harold and Kumar. That's probably where you're remembering her from. She was in something else too, but I can't remember. She was in also in Harold and Kumar: Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harold Dred- and Kumar Christmas. Jared Drive farming not high. It's boring as fuck. There was remember- nine years worth of Harold and Kumar movies. I remember watching. I remember seeing. Watching Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo. That line happened, and me and you both cracked up. I have no recollection of ever seeing that. Movie yeah, in my did this, life. this, this one hundred percent happened. What is they're, the line? They're they're at like someone's house, and the and he's talking to him about getting high, and he's like, "Farmers get high." He's like, "Yeah, farmers get it." Like, have you ever tried farming not high? Are you sure it's that's boring the first as one? fuck. No, it's not the first one. Because I just watched the first one not that long ago. We too. Um, I think it's the one. 
If I'm not mistaken, it's not the scene with the the wife, right? Oh no, because here, here's okay. Yeah, I see, I see, I see now. Okay, There's I have no that... recollection of ever seeing that movie in my entire life. Else, like remembering the girl from Clockstoppers in, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, Man of the House with not with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. She was on an episode. Mm-hmm. You did watch all of the Sopranos. I don't know. Maybe Brothers Garcia. And also, it doesn't help that what I think what I'm doing is I'm combining her and the girl from Snow Day. You can re- oh, yeah, yeah. What's that from then? Trick, churchy? Trick, 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 chickerky? That goes cute. How old was she in Snow Day? Am I allowed to say that? What? I said, that girl's cute. And then I said, how old was she in Snow Day? Am I allowed to say that? Well, you're allowed to say it because when you saw Snow Day for the first time, uh, she was attractive. And then she just progressed. Then she is, is currently attractive. So, First time I ever saw Snow Day was in 2021. Um, <laughs> what is oh, that? I'm looking at and you will... So Snow Day came out in 2002, 2000, just dead stop, 2000. Emmanuel Trick, 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 Tricky? Shrieky. She was born, come on, 1982. Um, uh, what else is she in? She's in, you don't mess with the Zohan. She's in Waiting? Yeah. Was she in Waiting? I don't remember. Ah, she was born in 1975. So we're looking at a cool 25-year-old. Was she was she born in 75? Yeah. That's what's up. So we're it's all square. I don't know why in, got, in my head now. Um this is headcanon. Um the girl from Clockstoppers, the girl from Snow Day, and the girl who plays Meadow from The Sopranos are all the same person. <laughs> Are you talking about Jamie Lynn Siegler? Yeah, they're all the same person to me right now. Uh, what else is, is Emmanuel C uh, last name? And uh, she plays uh, Numbers, the voice of Numbers in Call of Duty Black Ops. Oh, good. Uh, uh, she was, uh, you know, just the most of the zone. She, her, the big thing is she was in Entourage. Oh yeah, she was E's she, girlfriend. She, or something. Yeah. Mm. That is accurate. <clears throat> um, okay, this has been fun. Uh, let's yeah. let's transition this into something equally creepy. Who's the hottest actress on the the Office? Hottest actress on the Office? Yes, uh, the one that plays Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick before we uh, transition to talking about um, Jenna Fisher being Je- Jenna Fisher being introduced in the movie. I love the way that uh, John C. Riley pronounces cocaine. 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 I think I want some of that cocaine. Um, All right. Now, now stop dodging the question. Who is the hottest actress that is in the office? Um, I'm talking like a regular. I'm not like. No, I know. Like, um, I'm. I'm going to say Jenna Fisher. You think? I think yeah. I might. I think I might agree. Who would you say? Here's a question. <clears throat> Who do you think is the second hottest actress? Because there's um, two that come to mind. You have to decide like what your taste is. 
Um, I go, I go to, um, I mean, she's not a, she's not a, a regular regular, but she was a regular at one point. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go office. I feel like office Rashida Jones is like the most attractive version of Rashida Jones. More attractive than Ellie Kemper. Oh, I forgot about Ellie Kemper. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Rashida Jones is more attractive than Ellie Kemper. I'm inclined to agree. Um, Ellie Kemper's cute, though. No. Um, Ow, fuck. I I just have a note that says Pam Beasley. And then um, my next note is, in my dreams, you're blowing me. Some kisses. Kisses. Uh, song, I heard... that, the, 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 the double entendre on that song is fucking great. That's another thing. Where... Let's talk about... Say what you're going to say, the then we're going to talk about is... something. The, the music is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. But I, I was listening to a podcast about this movie uh, last night, and, and I finished it this morning. Um, you kind It kind of has to be. Yeah, if the, mu- if the music sucked, it wouldn't, it, would, it wouldn't work as well as it does. Uh, yeah, it would almost be... Like you, you kind of have to go along with them on the premise that of of the movie, mm-hmm. and if the music is not enjoyable to listen to, it would be, uh, it would be like like I don't think people would be willing to go along for the journey of the movie if the songs that the movie was based around were not good. Yeah, like I'll say, dude, I one hundred percent. I don't have it on my playlist right now, but I'm probably going to do it by the end of this podcast. The song that he when they when they're when he's doing like the press conference and they're like a lot of people say your new stuff sounds oh, like the- Bob Dylan, and he's like, how come no one says Bob Dylan sounds like Dewey Cox? The um, song that they cut to, I fucking love that song because it's so fucking stupid, like but the it's nonsense. So good, yeah. Um, Something about which- the, the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. But like the way uh, he sings it, just like Bob Dylan, <laughs> and I, I love I, that whole. I love no, that whole shot. The line, the, the line, because the he rhymes. Uh, oh, say can you see him? Yeah, oh, that's him. That's really. I was funny. like, that's that's awesome. But the best is like that whole shot where like he's playing, and like the crowd is just kind of sitting there somber, and then they're off to the side of the stage, his arms crossed, like yeah, they get this, like um. And then, and then it, the next song in the movie is the uh, the the song the 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 is it the the the, the little people protest? Yeah. Um. With the uh, let me hold you, midget man. No. Um. Uh, here, vamp for a second. I gotta. I gotta go. Uh, go. Uh, go. Peeps. I love. Um. I love the 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 this this whole once we're introduced to. Um. Jenna Fisher's character, there's just this immediate and automatic um, sexual tension between the two of them, and I love the um, I love the thing where like they come off stage and like she goes to kiss him, but that she kisses him, but then slaps the shit out of him and says she's not that kind of girl, and they're like, well, we can be really good friends, and the the shit that they do together is like, you know, I don't do. I don't do hey, some of these hurt. things. Uh, we're talking about how um, the 
the whole building of the the sexual tension between John C. Riley and Jenna Fisher's character mm. is like we can be really good friends. Like I don't go to church with my friends. I don't eat ice cream with my friends generally. I don't do carpentry with my friends, and I don't go horseback oh. riding with my friends. I love, I love that. Um... Oh, oh, hold on, sorry, my headphone, my earbud fell out. I had a note about um, them doing. Yeah, go get it. Go get it. I had a note about them doing woodworking mm-hmm. and how strange it was, but then they do reference it. Um, do they? they? Yeah, they make. It was like we did all kinds of things, like wood, like carpentry or something like that. Hmm. Um, he does make a a, a reference, uh, which I enjoy. Um, I love. Um, I love. I, I'm sorry. Just to, to go back because I had to. I had to go to the bathroom, or else I was gonna wee wee on me me. Uh, uh, I I wanted to go back to the midget song real quick. Yeah, the the fact that in a mainstream Hollywood movie produced by the written and produced by the comedy producer of that era, like, the time, uh, they were allowed to get away with the line, "Let me hold you, midget man. You can pretend like you're flying in space." Let me hold you, midget man, so the dog will stop licking your face. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, I get a little windy for a second. The um, the race one I uh, version that I was watching was a little fucked up. At one point, there are a group of militant-looking little people at the rally, and I believe yeah. they're holding a sign that says "Short Panther Party." Yes. They do. That's one of the signs. Fucking ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. Where Where were you trying to take the conversation before I backtrack? Oh, I I love the exchange that they have, um, at the in the the horse stable. You're like, did you ever have something you really loved and you hurt or killed? With-? And she's like, Oh God, no. And he's like, Yeah, me neither. Wouldn't that be terrible? <laughs> yeah, that was one of the lines I audibly like laughed out loud. Like just. I, got, I love this movie. It's so fucking funny. Then you said it might I'm, get windy. Is it out. really? Is it really windy? It's not that it sounds windy. It sounds like you're standing like a tin roof in a rainstorm. It, dude, it's been super. I mean, I don't know how it is where you are. Oh no, it was windy as fuck yesterday. Yeah, the our uh, our what's it called? One of our um, like you know the the gutter. Pipe that comes down from the gutter to, to drain the down the downspout, yeah. The downspout. Uh, our one of our, our front one came off yesterday, and it's just like it's still too windy to put it back up. Man, um, this will be great for the listener at home. To oh my, yeah. can't just sit <laughs> at a table and just do the podcast. I have to move around. We even might have the added benefit of uh, there's wood uh, people cutting down trees in the yard next to us. Mm. Um, they're not currently cutting, but when we first, when, when we first, um, started trying to get the conversation going, I could hear them and I was like, what the fuck is that static? And then I realized that it was a saw. Um, yeah, the, the trees in the yard behind us, like are, I've been dead since we moved in and like, yeah, I remember limbs, saying, they finally, with, uh, especially with the winds that they were having, uh, yeah, they're, they're finally, uh. Uh, taking care of it. Um, I love the, I love the shot where she's like, "Thanks." He's like, 
and let me sleep in your bunk, dude. And like she's literally just like straddling him. Yeah. It's like um, long for a man's touch. And by man's touch, I mean a penis in my vagina. We can agree that this is the hottest that Jenna Fisher has been. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to take the conversation continuously this way, but uh, I don't think we've recorded a podcast. I mean, we have a little bit where I've been like because uh, 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 a little inside baseball. Uh, me and my my lady love are paramour. no longer she's no, she's my she's no longer my my paramour. She's no longer my Haley Williams. Yeah. What is um? What's the line from how we, I met? We had a conscious uncoupling. It's like as long as former paramour is, is like if it, something about like my former paramour being jubilant. I'm jubilant or something like that. Oh, I don't know. They're, they're, Big words around Gael because he's just dumb. Um, um, and this might be not see. Did you ever see the Blades of Glory? Yes, uh, long enough ago that I might not get your reference unless it's a very like, but yes, I, I've seen it. That where, one I, do, I did not, I don't remember seeing Blades of Glory escape from Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in Blades of Glory where Amy Poehler and Will Arnett tell Jenna Fisher that she has to seduce Will Ferrell to, like, break up the partnership of them. And, um, Jenna Fisher looks hot. Um, my computer just did a weird thing. This computer, <clears throat> the fact that this computer has not just crumbled into dust is, is a miracle unto itself, let alone the fact that I can look up the cast of The Office on it. <laughs> Um, I love the line. We're such friends, and you told me about that dream where you were licking my balls, and I, that seemed like a sign. Um, and I also love uh, the Christian uh, you like somebody says something, and John C. Riley goes off and starts writing a song in his head, where she says something, and she's like, "Don't you dare write a song right now!" Oh yeah. By the way, your intro. My intro was almost, uh, you could take my children. Uh, leave me my monkey. Leave me my monkey, yeah. Um, I love the... As the... we're talking, I'm realizing I need to to go into Amazon Photos to try to pull out uh, the screenshot of our randomized list. Because that's also on my phone, which I can't access at the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, um, the, we, we get the first of many sinks to be ripped off the wall. Uh, great recurring bit. Uh, what's your favorite recurring bit? Because I have a favorite recurring bit um, because of, of how how like uh, based completely off of uh, how funny they integrate it throughout the. I think it might be the sinks, just because at one point I can't remember if it's a deleted scene or what what's happening. But he ends up in like a public bathroom. Oh no! That's and there's like and there's like ten of- yeah there's like ten sinks on the wall and he rips all of them off. Yeah. I think I think the sink bit might be my favorite. My favorite is um, uh, wrong kid died. Oh yeah, because they do it to the point where like where when when Dewey goes back to um uh oh when he goes back to dad. reconcile his dad's like humming it he's like yeah, wrong sing- kid dad wrong kid wrong. <laughs> And no, you know what the best. You know that my favorite, the wrong kid died was when he goes to see him after the orgy in the hotel room, and 
he goes to leave and it's like, oh, the dad was on screen for more than two seconds and he didn't tell Dewey the wrong kid died. So he leaves the he leaves the frame and then comes back in kid died and then walks away again. <laughs> At a certain point he even uses it as a like like as a like um as a farewell like uh free doesn't he like like don't that woman's like, oh, I'll see you later, wrong kid died. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, I, I was able to get the list up, so we'll be good for that. Because we were going to have to stop recording potentially. No. Um, um, I really like the. Um, I really like the thing is like, it's like something seemed off about Dewey, and it's like that was early Dewey. This is middle Dewey. I love, yeah, I love. Uh, uh, I love like, like when he's like, uh, when he's having sex with a woman, he goes, "This is a dark fucking period. This is it's like, like Dewey Cox. He even joined himself. He's like, oh, what, oh." I forgot that you were here. Um, uh, we, we, he he needs more blankets and less blankets. Yeah, and then, but like later on, even it's like he mentioned, he's like, he's like these blankets saved my life. Yeah. Um, that was almost one of our interests as well. Like, uh, my co-host this, this week needs more blankets and less blankets. Mm. I I could have done like there's so many good lines this week. I could have done. Like oh yeah, ten minutes up top of, of. Well, we'll get to. I told you if I was hosting, what one of our intros would be because it's one of my favorite bits in the movie. Um, I like the, I like the 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 subtle hints at like songs that exist, but like just slightly changed. So like at one point, Jenna Fisher says the '60s are an important, and exciting time, and Dewey says there's something happening, and what it oh, is yeah. isn't exactly obvious. Obvious, yeah. Um, and then later on, when they're in uh, India with the Beatles, uh, George Harrison says, "Is like I'm just here with like my my guitar, just quietly whimpers." But there's also the reference where he says that where um, Lennon says, "Like there's no limit to what you imagine." Imagine, imagine. and he like looks dead down the camera. Right. Um, okay, let's talk about the Beatles scene. It's it's the I think it's the best scene in the movie, just based on. Like the surprise of the like the cameos, yeah. Like Jack Black, Jack Black is Paul McCartney, Paul Rudd is John Lennon, um, Justin Long as George Harrison, and Jason Schwartzman as Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr is like the best part of it, one of the best parts of this movie. I, I like when uh, what what, what is uh, Dewey says, like, I like the little one, yeah. I like, like, he's like, I don't, me and Ringo is like, I just. I'm not really into meditation. I just want to have fun. <laughs> I got a song about the walrus. An octopus. An octopus, right. He's like, shut up. You're like, we let you still play the drums. Um, I love when they're like talking about like doing LSD. And they cut to Jason Schwartzman. He just goes, Lysergic. And he gets this weird <laughs> look on his face. My, literally, my... The, the best part, I think what is the funniest part of this entire movie and is, is when he's doing acid. And he's having the bad trip, and Justin Long gets right up next to his face and goes like, "He's like, you all right, Cox?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then Jason Schwartzman comes in perpendicular to the, to the yeah. frame, and he's like, "Do you want some more LSD?" I like when they're like, uh, "We the Beatles from Liverpool," and they're like, "Yes, we're from yes from Liverpool." He's like, "These this dark this dark tent reminds me of the the the, the clubs we used to play in Hamburg." He's like, "Do you remember those balls?" Like, of course I remember them. I booked them. I'm the leader of the Beatles. It's just such a good, 
I was um, watching a um a behind the scenes thing. I think it was on the DVD of, of Walcart, and they're talking about the scene and how they were just trying to like Im- like they were just trying to like you know you Rudd, Jason Schwartzman, and Justin Long together. They're gonna come up with goofy shit, and like they were like, what can we do to make this funnier? And it, like they had like a little dolly cart, so like they literally laid Jason Schwartzman on the dolly cart. And it's Paul Rudd and Jack Black pushing him in the frame and pulling him back out of frame. Yeah, of the four, and I, I think it's, like, I think it's the funniest. That is literally the funniest fucking part of the entire movie. Of the four, I think Schwartzman is the one that kind of doesn't fit with like the aesthetic of who they're they're going with, like cameo wise. Maybe. No, he like works in the movie, but like excuse me, when you think of like comedic actors of like the mid two thousands. Like, I wouldn't necessarily think Jason Schwartzman. He, he's a Like, because, like. No, but you know who you would. But you know who would think of Jason Schwartzman in that time period? Uh, uh, Wes Anderson. Judd Apatow, Apatow, because Judd Apatow's friends with him. Is he? Yeah, he, Jason Schwartzman was on Freaks and Geeks, and Jason Schwartzman was also in Funny People. I've never seen Funny People. You don't have to. Don't worry. It's not good. I, I prefer serious people in my movies. Um, but like you, you think of like because if you think of comedic actors of that time period, Jack Black, Paul Rudd, and Justin Long all fit within a certain type of movie. Mm-hmm. And Schwartzman, in terms of comedy, I feel like at that time period was strictly like a Wes Anderson comedy, yeah, kind of actor. Um, <laughs> but he definitely works as Ringo, yeah. We get a we, we we're in, we're in like the uh, the Brian Williams phase of um, of Dewey, and he's like, "This one's for my brother." And he's like, "What brother?" He's like, "Nothing. Never mind. <laughs> Private." Um, but then oh, like I, when heard... <laughs> I don't have a ton more notes, and I just I like uh, jump like a little like when when he's tripping out after the uh, the uh, recording session, like the 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 Brian Wilson recording session. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, like the cops are like surrounded. He's like, he's climbing up a building, and Jennifer's just like, get off that building! It's inappropriate. Yeah. Um, I love the line. Probably one of my other favorite lines in this movie is somebody asks him, "Is it like when they're talking about how the main, the core band isn't getting a lot of playtime on this album?" And he says something is like, "Is like, he's like, do he's like, do you, was like, do you need us?" And he's like, not unless you can open your mind and learn to play the fucking theremin. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question, Adam. I mean, I could Google it right now. And I, I will as I'm asking. I just want to see if I can get an answer. What does that mean to mainline a drug? Uh, to inject it into your veins. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mainlining, inject a drug intravenously. Yeah. Okay. I'm not mainlining acid anymore. Well, I'm not going to agree to that. What does freebasing mean? Freebasing? Yeah. I don't know, because you could freebase cocaine. Can you? Free, I think you can freebase acid too. Google that. Well, I, who knows? Let's find out what freebasing is. Uh, snorting it. Uh, hold on, because uh, it just means prepare or take. That can't be, because then I you could free base. I'm free basing a beer right now. Then I guess 
If, they, if that's the case, if you can prepare and then take, oh, okay. you, can, you can freebase Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, to purify cocaine by dissolving in ether, sodium hydroxide, etc., and filtering off the precip- precipitate. Precipitate. Yes. So I think to you would then, I guess, I don't know. No. It's not just snorting it. Yeah, I think it's mixing it like with, like I said, ether or sodium hydroxide and maybe burning it off and then, I don't know. It sounds anyway. like you're burning off pure form of it. I don't, I don't freebase anything. So, no. I freebase things. Well, I freebase Thanksgiving dinner. If that's yeah, the, according, if, according if, to one definition, yeah. I freebase a lot of things. I freebase <laughs> the chicken parm flatbread before we started recording. Oh, that sounds nice. I've been making. Last yesterday, I made a buffalo chicken flat, flatbread. That was delicious. And then today, I made a chicken parm flatbread. That was yeah. equally delicious. Um, do you notice that John C. Riley spends a lot of this movie in his underwear? Uh yeah, I did notice. I liked it. I I was I was uh freebasing John C. McGilley. <laughs> Not my John C. McGilley. What's because it's John C. Riley, but like it's also because there's also John C. McGinley, isn't there? Or is that like is his middle initial his first name? What's his? Yeah, the guy from Scrubs. What? The guy from Scrubs who plays Doctor Cox. Shit, also Cox. That's his name's John C. McGinley, isn't it? I don't know. Um, all right, give me a sec. What's up with the John C's, Adam? And Cox's. Know. Um, you know who I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. Uh, what's his name in um? Yeah, this is John C. McGinley. What's his name in uh in Seven? Because Morgan Freeman. John C. McGinley's character. Yeah. His name is his name is said in, in Seven. What is his name in Seven? That's what I'm saying. I didn't. I didn't know that they actually say his name in Seven. I think. I think he's got because I think when it's either a, it's either his name or a code name. Viper. California. They, his code. They, his code name is California. Yeah, because remember when uh, Freeman opens the box, he's like, "California, you stay away from here now." He's referring oh, no, to McGinley. I never heard him. I never. I've always heard him just say, "You stay away from here now." I never noticed that he said California. Yeah, and he's referencing. He's, he's speaking to John C. McGinley's character. Oh. Um, I love when uh, Dewey goes to confront his dad, and he's talking about like he's like he's been he's been searching for love, and he's like for men who dress like women, men who look like you. <laughs> Um, uh, wrong kid, dad. Never wrong realized kid, how it never realized how easy it is to accidentally cut someone in half. <laughs> but like, the better part of that see that 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 exchange is when he goes, "I never, re- I'm sorry, dude. I never realized how how easy it was to cut somebody in half." And, and Jesse Jesse Riley just goes, "I know, right?" <laughs> um, I love the montage of him destroying his house, and like there's the passage of day to night while he's sawing the couch in half. Um, I almost wish they didn't have that. That joke goes a beat too long. If yeah. it was just, if it was just the initial shot of him sawing the couch in half, and then it cuts to something else. No, see, that's the thing because they also do the exact same thing with the silverware. 
Like, yeah, I just... he's he's taking the silverware out of the drawer and bending it, and you can see like when he when he first starts, he's really angry, and then, and then and like yeah, it's like a TV he's, like, it, he's, he's literally like, just doing it to get through it. Like yeah, I think the the jokes would have worked better if it was just like if you if you cut to him sawing through the couch and then it cuts away, I think it's a, a funnier like you're left with a funnier idea of the of the scene than yeah, of then having to see him continuously continuing to tediously saw through it. We also have to remember that this is supposed to be parodying these scenes from biopics. <coughs> and like, that's the reason why he ends up in a public bathroom and rips 10 sinks off the walls because Joaquin Phoenix rips that one sink off the wall and walk hard. Mm-hmm. So they have to overdo it to, to reach that state of parody. Joaquin Phoenix uh, destroys toiletry in a lot of movies. In The Master, you ever see The Master? No. Uh, he's in a jail cell. And he's freaking out. And he rips, I think, he either rips a sink or a toilet off the wall. And they were using, they were filming in a historic jail. Oh, really? And, like, he destroyed, like, a, like, historic part. <laughs> yeah. They were, yeah, like, basically, it's like basically, a historic it's, toilet. Basically. It's basically, like, the Hateful Eight guitar version right. of a prison. Um, if I remember correctly, remember like that was one of the big movie facts. Like back then, was that I don't think it, that Joaquin Phoenix ripped the sink off the wall. No, he just got like super into it. Happened. Um, it's like that thing where it's like, hey, did you know that Leonardo DiCaprio actually cut his hand in fucking Django? Yeah, we know. Um, yeah, it was entirely. I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's entirely like he stomps it. Uh, but the, the like the the jail was a historic landmark. Nice, um, and so he destroyed him. Uh, he wasn't supposed to. They didn't want him to do that. Yeah. Um, I love when he uh, when he gets his smell back and he's just like smelling like everything. He's like, I smell your twig. And then like oh, Jenna, Fisher, Jenna Fisher's in the back, like smell that shit, honey. <laughs> um. Well, the movie very quickly wraps up. Like you see him, uh, Simon Helberg playing the son of. Uh, I'm guessing Harold uh, Ramis's character. What What was the act? Simon Helberg from is it the is uh, it the guy from Big Bang Theory? Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be. Um, I think he's supposed to be Harold Ramis's son. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like little high. <laughs> uh. But we we get like the just like I think the most forced dick joke in the whole movie is the the joke of uh, Dewey touring with Lil Nutsack. He's like Lil oh, yeah, Nutsack and Dewey Cox. What a package! Cox like, and um, yeah, it's like oh okay. yeah, it's a bit much. Uh, but yeah, uh, to confirm, Savard plays <laughs> Dreidel the kind. <laughs> yeah, who yeah, and that is supposed to be the side note. Because uh, Martin Starr plays another one of the yeah, and Phil Rosenthal. Do you know? Are you familiar with Phil Rosenthal? I'm sure if I saw him, I would be. He's the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. Like, oh, okay. Uh, but he also has a travel food show on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. So he is Ray Romano. No, he's co-created it with Ray Romano. No, he is Ray Romano. No, he's Phil Rosenthal. Ray Romano is Ray Romano. 
Did you not so, understand the show? Everybody loves Raymond. No, sorry. I was I was reading I was reading one of my notes. Then there was a typo, um, and it it, it fucked me up. When oh, we, uh, I, I just looked at my notes, and you had just referenced like the more the the forced nutsack. Yeah, the worst joke in the movie, I think, is when he's stumbling around backstage at the. Oh, the temptations. Uh, the temptations joke. Yeah, it's a little forced too. Yeah. Um, the type achievement uh, thing. Jewel used to be fucking hot, dude. I haven't noticed this is Jewel's hot. I used to like. I saw, I saw like a roast, a central roast that she was at, and she looked fucking rough. But 2007 Jewel was fucking smoking hot. Yeah, I just know that what's, What songs does Jewel sing? Does she sing? Oh, what's the? Do you uh, is that uh, her? I don't know what that was supposed to be, so I can't confirm or not. <laughs> Uh, um, she sings. Uh, she sings. Can't fight the moonlight. That's what I was just fucking singing. Is that what you were singing? I was just fucking singing. That's awesome. I'm proud. So proud of myself. And then she sings the ones like "You were meant for me." Nice. meant. Dude, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. When we hang up this call, I'm going to learn two Jewel songs on guitar. Uh, it's off the album "Pieces of You" from 1995. She used to live in a in a van, Adam. Well, that was the the thing. That was the thing. Um, if I remember correctly, she like used to dig ditches or something. Uh, I th- I believe so, and I think also part time, she used to burn through witches. Yeah, <laughs> as we all did. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and then you, like, know, you you know what you know what she did whenever she had a little bit of free time. She was slamming the back of that dragula. <laughs> yeah. Um. When she was on Rose, somebody like said to her, "Is like Jules here?" Or as I refer to her as Trailer Swift. <laughs> oh, that um, was pretty fucking funny. Um, let's let's talk about how uh, I feel like Tim Meadows' line. I feel uh, if boners last more than four hours, call more ladies. Is one hundred percent a ladies' man joke? Yeah, like I feel like that's I've heard him. Like I don't know if I've heard the ladies say it or if I've just heard Tim Meadows saying it in this movie and Tim Meadows is the ladies man but like mm-hmm. it sounds very much like my favorite ladies man bit where he's talking about like uh, Thanksgiving and he's wearing like a he's like this is what the pilgrims would wear poke some hauntus that's fucking funny um, sorry I'm looking I, I googled Ju- Jewel 2007 <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Zach would have been one of our intros <laughs> is Eddie Vedder's speech that he gives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so fucking ridiculous of Elvis and Buddy of rock and roll and Bruce Springsteen is Zachariah. Iggy Pop is Methuselah and of course Neil Young is the wise prophet Ezekiel. <laughs> I just love the and of course Neil Young is the wise prophet Ezekiel. Right. It's just so fucking ridiculous. I love all of his nicknames whereas like the hard one. The tall midget. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes back to when he was, uh, you know, in support of, of the little people. Mm-hmm. But they they gave him that nickname. Yeah. Um, I love the, uh, I love the ridiculousness of his final song. 
which his entire life. Um, uh, lyric, uh, it's a music, babies, sharing the good times, traveling not just for business, except in your mentality. <laughs> it's so uh, fucking insane. At the, at, at the same time, another banger of a song. Like, it's still, it's fucking ridiculous, but it's still a fucking banger. Um, and then Dewey Cox dies three minutes after his performance. Um, we haven't talked about the title track. Walk hard. Um, Walk hard in itself is it's a game. separated it's... from a comedy movie. It's it's it would be somewhat silly. Yeah, but. Not at, not so silly that you would think, oh, this was written just for a comedy movie. Yeah. Uh, hold on, somebody's knocking on my door. Oh, I can't, oh sorry. It was Michael. He's, lock the door. Keeps blowing open. Uh, the the wind is strong enough that it keeps blowing open our 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 like door. Oh uh, yeah. Um. Uh, do you have anything else on the movie before we transition into our top fives? Um, yeah, actually, if you watch the to the end, there's a bit where like they have a guy singing, uh, and it says the real Dewey Cox. Like uh, I didn't, I, I missed this. Yeah, as, as if it's a, be like an actual thing. Like they have a dude like a clip of it, like an older guy who's not. Charlie playing guitar, and it says the real Dewey Cox. And I was like, it's fucking funny. Did um, you know that uh, John C. Riley toured and did like a couple like, like, like shows as Dewey Cox playing Dewey Cox songs? Yeah, he sings every song that he that Dewey Cox sings on the soundtrack, and he plays yeah. guitar for the majority of them too. Um, I wonder, I wonder who overdubbed uh, Jenna Fisher though. That's definitely oh, not it's, her. It's bad, dude. It's very obvious that it's not. And I think I, it's also, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if it's played for comedy or not. Huh. Because it's um, so blatantly obvious that it's not her. Might be like, on it, like them casting people in biopics that actually aren't. Can. Yeah. Um, but it's so blatantly obvious. If, if it's not played for comedy, it's really bad. Um, if it's, if it's played comedy, for comedy, I think it works. Um, speaking of comedy, uh, perfect segue to lead into our, our top five this week. Um, I stepped outside of movies in general. I mean, and I, one of mine is from a movie, so it's not entirely outside of movies. But uh, my top five suggestion for this week was top five comedy songs. Um, Adam, what I'm, did you have on your list? I'm not gonna lie to you. I completely forgot about making a top five, but I can make a top five literally off the top of my head right now. Um, All right, well, two, I'll do, I'll... two, two of mine are for movies. Um, okay. One of them is is it's one of them is, is debatable though. So, I, at the top of the list, I talked about it. Royal Jelly from Walk Hard. I thought that, that was called. It's the name of the. That's the name of the Bob Dylan song. It's called Royal Jelly. Um, it's so fucking ridiculous, and like you said. Rhyming "Oh say can you see him" in Coliseum is actually kind of fucking clever. <laughs> it, um, it, it, if Bob Dylan did it, you'd be like, "Nice." Yeah, if Bob Dylan did it, you're like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." This is he, he's saying the commentary about how America is like the Roman Empire. Um, but uh, I would I would definitely have to put Royal Jelly on the list. Um, 
Total Eclipse of the Heart by the Dan Band. Okay. Is that the one that you say is debatable? De- debatable, yeah. Um, because it's not specifically just the, them playing it in, what was it, old school? Yeah. Yeah. At the wedding, right? At, yeah, them playing it in old school is like, and and since then, like, uh, been in other shit, uh, like, doing weird versions of songs. Like, in, um, in The Hangover, they did uh, Fame. They did... Uh, they did Magic Stick. Um, I, I think, I think people of, I think people in our age group, when they hear Totally Eclipse of the Heart, like come on the radio, in mm. their head, if they don't say it out loud, in their head they say, "I fucking need you more than ever," because it's just so, do. so fucking good. Um, to go, <laughs> um. Movies. Um, I want to go with um, the. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Bo Burnham's. Uh, the one song from the one Bo Burnham stand up, what? Called Repeat Stuff. I don't know if I know that one. Uh, but what? If you haven't seen uh, What by Bo Burnham, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. It's fucking funny as shit. Um, but he has this one song called Repeat Stuff um, where he's talking about basically like how modern pop songs are literally just like cookie cutter bullshit. Um, I almost put uh, white women's Instagram white women's Instagram on my, on my list. Too. Um, uh, I might, I might have to put a, um, a second Bo Burnham. It's, I've never seen it in one of his standup. It's from like one of his YouTube videos from when he was like 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a song of his called new math. Oh, I know new math. Yeah. yeah new math is new math is fucking hilarious. Um, I haven't thought that song in a while. Yeah, I love New Math. Um, and then I don't know what I want to put as my last one. What I kind of want to put as my last one is like it might be like me, you, and possibly John Hannigan might be the only people who remember it. Um, do you remember like a song from when we were younger where it was making fun of like emo kids? And it was like, I'm an emo kid, non-conforming as can be. You'd be non-conforming too if you look just like me or something like that. Exactly, yeah. But the song starts off with like, Dear Diary, Mood. Ap- oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my fucking list. Um, I don't know who sings it. I don't know what it's called. If John Hannigan, if you know it, fucking text me and let me know. But I fucking think that thing is hilarious. Um, He's, the, my- the, one, the one line is like, they're... They couldn't get tickets to a show, uh, and they play the name of the band is like "Stab My Eyes Out" or something like that. The song is play, by Adam and Andrew. There you go. And like the, the something the, something along the lines of like they play some of my favorite songs like "Stab My Heart," "Stabby McStab Stab," and like, <laughs> uh, yeah, "Dear Diary, My Life is Spiraling Downward." I couldn't get enough money to go to the Blood Red Romance and Suffocate Me Dry concert. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Um, it doesn't help that I couldn't get my hair to do that flippy thing either, like that guy from the band. Yeah. I fucking love that um, song. Uh, Adam, I'm going to try to remember my top five. Oh, wait. I, I have... I was saying, I, I know. I, 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 want, I, want to, I want to surprise you with them, though. So only look at it if I, if I can't Sorry. remember. Go ahead. Uh, the one from a movie I have is the song from Billy Madison. The... Uh, like the, the musical number. Oh, the, the uh, I bet you thought that I was I dead. Was, um, I also have uh, Wonder Boy by Tenacious D. Oh, fuck. Wonder Boy's good. 
I have um, uh, uh, The United States of Whatever by Liam Lynch. Fuck, that's another good one. I'll shoot I dice have, in the alley, and obviously Leroy comes up, and he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah whatever. <laughs> Uh, I had. Um, I was on the corner wearing my leather. <laughs> I had Steve, Steve, uh, Stephen Lynch's uh, with the guy from Smashing Pumpkins lost his car keys. That's a good one. And I'm trying to remember the fifth one. Yeah, you're gonna have to look at the list and tell me what the fifth one is. Um, so you got Wonder Boy, Tenacious D, United States of Whatever, um, song from Billy Madison. What if the guy from Smashing Pumpkins lost his car keys and uh, Flay of the Concords? Think about it. Think, think about it. Oh, yeah. It. Think, think about it. Think, think about it. Um, Honor- like, baby, on- the, the, in the special, in their special, when they're talking about like, like you got babies having babies, it's like, yes, you get this like a, a ridiculous <laughs> Russian doll situation. Yeah. Um, honorable mention for comedy songs. Uh, I want to say. Uh, Adam Sandler's uh, mental breakdown in The Wedding Singer. That's a good one. I just um, think any of the Hanukkah songs. Yeah, are it, you could probably all yeah. famers. You could probably put the you could probably at least the first one. This the third one maybe not, but the first and second one, yeah. There's four now, I believe. Are there really Jesus Christ? Yeah, because there was the first two that were just live, and then the third one was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and then I think there's a fourth one now. Jesus. Um, I might also uh, include "Idiot Boyfriend" by Jimmy Fallon. That's a good one. Uh, is there, there's got to be more. Oh, there's tons more. Huh? It's there. No, I know, but there's like just like none that are like exactly that are coming to mind immediately. Um, if you want to go play the Concords, uh, just the whole thing about Albie the racist dragon. Albie the racist dragon's good. Uh, the 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 first song on their special, the one um, the one about uh. I forget what it's called, but the one about like the, they're sitting on a park bench and like. Oh like, yeah. Like, something about like we have a child. <laughs> yeah, like, hold on a second. I have to kill children. Yeah. Knock it off. All right, let's uh, let's let's get wrapped up here because I gotta run to the I gotta go walk to the store real quick. Yeah. Um. So we have our list of 10 number nine is crossed out so we're going to randomize the number between one ten if nine comes up we will uh re reshuffle i hope it's um, one of my movies uh because you got the, the you, number now. you got to host your your first movie i hope the next one is my movie and i get to host it um hold on and i hope it's real steel we will be doing movie number 10 you're gonna be thrilled about it. Which is Warriors of Virtue, isn't it? Warriors of Virtue. Fuck yeah! Hosted Warriors of Virtue. <laughs> uh, let me let me just jump on to JustWatch.com real quick to oh, double dude, check. It, oh no! I it know was it's on, stream, it's it was streaming. It's somewhere. Wasn't it on like Tubi or Hulu? It's not Hulu. Um, give me a moment. Peacock. Uh, HBO Max. Whereas a virtue is currently streaming Tubi? on Tubi and Pluto. Well, there you go. You'll have you'll have ads, but you will be able to watch. But you'll the movie. you'll be able to watch a great fucking movie. Uh, Where's a virtue is longer than Walk Hard is. Is it? It's uh, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, three hours long. No, it's a uh, hour. It's hour forty three. Oh, okay. 
I thought uh, you were literally going to say it's like two and a half hours long. I'm like, two and a no, half hours no, of no. what? Uh, Dude, I'm so, so, everybody, so fucking excited. Everybody go prepare yourself for... Fucking ninja kangaroos. For ninja roos. Um, so yeah, join us next week for Warriors of Virtue. Oh, is that uh, Oh shit! I forgot. Yeah. Uh, what have I been watching? Uh, I I ended up uh, I posted on my Instagram. Uh, I was able to get through seventy seven percent of the Oscar stuff. Yeah. Which um, which which seventy seven percent equates to how many things couldn't you watch? Uh, uh, let me see if I can pull up my letterbox real quick. Um, I did not watch. Of the narrative films, not documentaries or shorts, mm-hmm. I think three. Okay. Including a Best Actor and Best Adapted Screenplay nominee, which I was kind of annoyed at myself for, but yeah, it just I, would not load. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of shorts, I forget what we were... Oh, we were recording... Um, I think it was the, the interlude episode. You were talking about possibly going to... Or was it Empire Strikes Back? I can't remember. But you were talking about going to the movie theater by your house to see. Oh, the I never. I ended up not because I decided that the the money would be better spent elsewhere yeah. than dropping. Uh, uh, let me pull up my. I'm pulling up my list now. Um. Uh, give me one moment. It's, uh. So I ended up, so, yes, one, two, three. Oh, okay, so four. Four full-length narrative movies. Uh, two of the documentaries and a handful of shorts. Hmm. Um, speaking of the Oscars, uh, I'm going to suggest on air something. Um, just based on, uh, uh, here, this is what I like about the website versus the app. I watched, I watched 42 of the 54 Things okay. that were nominated okay. for for Oscars. Um, I believe that included one, two, three, no, one, two, three, four, five. Five of those are shorts. Okay. So I watched forty-two of forty-nine full-length um, uh, uh, that's good documentaries or or narrative films. Um, not as good as last year. Last year, uh, let me see where I was at last year. Yeah, last year, if I remember correctly, there was only like, oh, like, a, like less than a handful of things you couldn't get. Um, and if I remember year, correctly, one of them wasn't even available until after the Oscars. One, yeah, one showed on PBS the Monday after the Oscars. Last year, I watched 88% of things, 47 of 53. No. Um, oh, Jesus. Right. What is it? What is their problem? Just, just life. Life. Um, uh, I'm going to suggest on air. It would be since we have this ten movie long kind of thing going, it won't really work. But I was if if we didn't have anything for April, I was going to suggest uh, a month of A24 movies. The A stands for April. The A stands for April because A24. Um, aside from Best Adapted Screenplay, which was won by Women Talking, mm-hmm. Sarah Polly, um, 
you know you do you know uh, where you know Sarah Polly from, Adam? You don't know her as a writer or a director. Mm, let me look her up. Is this Sarah with an H? Yes. Um, she looks familiar. She is the main woman in the Dawn of the Dead. Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. Um, she's a she's a direct, She directed. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she directed Little Women. She directed Fargo. Um, no, Adam, that was the Cohen Brothers. <laughs> um, I believe she directed Little Women. The 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 version from uh, 2009. She did not. Um, who directed that then? Oh, that, is that Greta Ger- that's Greta Gerwig. Look at me. You're anti-Semitic, and I think all women are the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, what do, what do I watch besides... Uh, I watch Bardo, which watch was nominated what? for Bardo. Oh, that is. Um, I, told, I, I texted you about it. It was the worst thing I watched all award season. Super self-indulgent. Oh, you did text me about this, yeah. It's uh, from... Um, fuck, what's the, the director's name? Now, here's me being anti-Hispanic, because I can't keep the three big uh, Hispanic directors that all won Best Picture Oscars, Best mm-hmm. Director Oscars. With the, it's um, uh, Alejandro G. Inarutu, who directed... Oh. Birdman and the Revenant won back-to-back Oscars. Okay, for best director, uh, it was uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I am proud to announce, uh, going back to my suggestion for uh, the podcast, my I my uh, post-Oscars movie project that I'm going to uh, embark on. I've already begun is to try to watch as many A24 movies. That's the point of bringing up Sarah Polly in the first place. Uh, of the eight big Oscars, um, like the big above-the-line categories, um, A24 won seven of them. Yeah. And the only reason they didn't win eight was because it was only nominated for seven of the... Yeah. Um, but, I mean, given six of those are... Uh, Everything everywhere all at once. I did see a picture of um, Short Round hugging Harrison Ford. Yeah. Uh, it won Best uh, Picture, Director, Actor, no, Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, and uh, Original Screenplay. Hmm. I, um, um, I saw a, uh, on the Chive, there was a, a thing of uh, like memes from the Oscars. And um, my favorite one was a, was a picture of Austin Butler, and it just said, I can hear his fucking fake Elvis accent on his lips, and this picture's not even moving. <laughs> you know what I just realized? I don't have the chive on my phone, and I did not think about the chive for months. I'll have to download the chive again. Yeah, um, uh, you know what the Daniels directed? Yeah. The directors of everything, everywhere, all at once. No, I know the names. Aside from Swiss Army Man, the movie where um, yeah, Harry Potter. They also, you know, who they're like super tight with, to the point where uh, they wrote the music for Swiss Army Man. 
Oh, uh, Andy Hall. Yeah, they, they yeah, directed I, the, the Manchester Orchestra, Orchestra Simple Math video. Yeah, I know, because I Andy Hall, and Alex is like, you know Andy Hall? I'm like, you know Andy Hall? And he's like, yeah, he did, the, he did the music Christmas Army Man. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, but that, yeah, they did Swiss Army Man. And uh, now they're... Uh, and one of the Daniels, the white Daniel, directed a movie I had talked about on um, on here before, uh, The Death of Dick Long. Let me pull this up, make sure I'm... It sounds vaguely familiar. It's an A24 movie. Of course it is. About... Um, excuse me. Uh, a couple friends get drunk one night. Yeah, it was, Dan- it was Daniel Schneider. Uh, Schneider? Or however you pronounce it. Um, a couple friends get drunk one night and one of them dies and then the whole mystery of the movie is how did he die mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, you will never guess how he died in a million years AIDS no in a million years I could give you a million guesses of how this man dies and you will never, well, don't never sp- land on don't spoil it because I'm never going to watch it um <laughs> Uh, you want me to tell you? How's he? How's he die? Spoilers. How's he oh, die? He, he gets fucked to death by a horse. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun. Yeah, um, we've all been there. Uh, so anyway, I started watching H twenty four movies. I watched The Bling Ring yesterday. You told me that, um, and I said why? I'm solid because I because I, I I didn't know it was H twenty four. It was all, it was fine. It, it was you know. On to the next one, kind of. It was, thing, it, was her, it, it was Hermione. It was quick. Yeah, Hermione was in it. Um, I remember there was a shot in the trailer where she looked particularly hot. It's, it's, um, she had an unfair, like, no wonder they were able to steal so much from, uh, like, celebrities and stuff. Like, she could literally just stand outside the house and just say, Akio, Akio. Yeah, she's got fucking magic, dude. It's not um, fair. Akio uh, Chanel purse. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's Adam, what are you that, watching? That's something expensive to take. Oh, I did. Um, watch, but uh, I did watch the Oscars. I, yeah. I made a thing of it. I made a made, garlic made, lemon pepper shrimp cocktail. It was it was Hollywood's biggest night. It's like, of course you. Hollywood's biggest. We're Thai. Um, I had some champagne, and then fell asleep before the major awards. You son of a bitch. Um, the thing I've been watching is the things I've been watching. Oh. Um, We'll have something to wrap up on when you're. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll end with that. Um, actually, I watched. I randomly, I don't know why, but I've been putting on the Indiana Jones movies for Katie's kids. Don't know why. You know, I've um, never seen Last Crusade. Last Crusade is my favorite one. Um, but we played. I played. Well, actually, when I put it on for her kids, I played it Last Crusade, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then Temple of Doom, and then I put on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for them. Because I was like, I, and Katie's like looking at me, like, and I'm like, I played all the good ones for them, so I figured I might as well play the shitty ones. Um, so I've, I've, in the past like week or so, I've watched all of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, I, uh, I watched this random ass, I don't know why I clicked on it. Um, I, I watched a movie called Nerve with Emma Roberts and Dave Franco. It's a very stupid movie. Um, don't watch it. Um, but I'm most of it right now. Most importantly, I've watched. I just, I just uh, put it on for the kids. 
I've watched Mandalorian. Which did, are you I, caught up on Mandalorian? No, I still have to watch this week's episode. This week's episode. Well, I guess there's two. There's two weeks now, I guess, because yeah. it came out today, right? Yeah, this, t- this the episode that came out today. I'm not gonna lie to you, is a little rough. There are some cool um, parts in it, but the majority of it is a little rough. I think what I'll do tonight, because I'm off work, is I will uh, watch both of the episodes of Mandalorian I need to catch up on, and then Ted Lasso came like started. Uh, oh, nice. Um, real, real, real quick, I want to I want to wrap up real quick because uh, our father is on his way home from dialysis, so I'm gonna have to get him in the house shortly. Um, yeah, and like I said, I got a fun little story. I watched uh, I watched the season finale, and I'm sure Zach did as well. Watched the season finale of The Last of Us, which was great. Uh, it was crazy how short the episode was, and th- I want you to think for a second, okay? Okay. In your mind. Do a plot description of the last episode. Do a plot it's, description of the last episode? In your head. Yeah, just think to yourself, like, work through in your head what the plot of the last episode was. Um, okay. It's literally like a sentence. Yeah. Like, it's not, like... Well, that's... If you listen to the Bald Move podcast about The Last of Us, um, Jim talks about how... Like the 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 overall plot of the the game isn't that isn't that it's like it's not some mind blowing thing. It's a very simplistic plot. What what makes the game as great as it is is the is the the relationship and the 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 subtleties and stuff like that. But even like I'm talking like even like the relationship beats. Yeah. There there's. Not much. Like it literally is just. Um, they go looking for the hospital. They get jumped. It turns out it's the fireflies. They're going yeah. to do surgery on Ellie that'll kill her. He shoots up the hospital, and then they go to. Spoilers, Zach. Spoilers. Oh yeah, but if you're if you're listening this far in, into the conversation about it, yeah. and then they go back to uh, what's the brother's names? Uh, Tommy. Tommy's like settlement, and like there's. Like, there's not much other than that. You get, like, a couple reveals about, like, uh, about uh, Joel's know? cast, a, a, a reveal about, like, Ellie. I mean, a, a, an unnecessary reveal about Ellie's past with her friend, like, you kind of mm. assumed. Do you know what's interesting about uh, the woman who plays Ellie's mom? Adam, you did this last week. Yes, Adam. Uh, Amy, and not, what's her name? Not Amy, Ashley Johnson. Yeah, she plays. She Ellie. plays Ellie in the game. Not just the voice; they did motion capture. Yeah, she so. did the motion capture. Yeah. Um, yes, but I, not, I, but I, I no, but I'm saying I, I, I like that they. Um, I like that they did that all season. I thought that was very cool all season. Yeah, the, and they, they were talking. Bringing... They were talking uh, on like the little featurette after the show with um, Troy. Troy Baker is his name. I, I think that's his name. The guy who plays Joel in the game. Um, they asked him to be on the show, and he thought that they were just gonna like put him in makeup and make him a clicker or something like that. Like, it's cool that they they're giving these people who built the who made these characters like you know more than bit part like bigger than bit parts in the show. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, not none of them really last for yeah. They're all very terribly sh- long. Yeah, uh, I I didn't realize this. Apparently, the woman who plays the the head firefly. Is the it's woman the same person is the same played. woman person from the game? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, um, but yeah, I, I thought uh, Last of Us was really good. I'm very excited for, um, very excited for the for the next season. Um, they've confirmed that they're splitting the game, the second game, into the game. Yeah, seasons they said so. Probably at least two. Probably two. Yeah, probably. I would say probably. They seem very um, more so so than other shows. They seem to understand. Uh, not to drag it out past the point of uh, yeah. So I would imagine uh, we'll get two more seasons. The season, the second part of the, the part two of the game will be seasons two and three. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Zach, you were you were kind of jumping in the gun into the to the outro. So if you want to hop into that, I want to say uh, you can uh, follow us on social media on um, Instagram at Summer Movie Club. And I don't know how Letterbox works. Is Letterbox considered a social media? I would say. Um, Zach, uh, Zach had mentioned um, wanting a Letterbox for the show, so I took it upon myself to build a Letterbox. I currently have two lists on the on the our Letterbox. You are we can you can search Summer Movie Club on Letterbox, and you'll probably find us. Um, but I have a list of everything that we, every movie that we've covered, and then I have a list of all the movies that we've covered as live watches. I'm also going to go back and add all the movies that we've discussed in what are you watching into another list. And I'm also going to make a, another list of uh, things we've covered with Alex. Okay. Um, so check us out on Instagram at summer movie club, find us on letterbox at summer movie club. Um, I believe on letterbox, I made it summer movie club, all one word. So um, uh, yeah, I posted on the, if you look on the Instagram, uh, I don't know if you saw. I posted. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Stop. No. Um. So yeah, just if you you need a a visual uh of the, the account, you can go on the Instagram. You'll see the the page. Um. Yeah. Follow us on there. Um. Like the list. Yeah. Uh. You'll be able to uh go through that. Uh. Click on who's following the account. You'll find uh. Excuse me. You'll find my uh, letterbox if you want to follow me on letterbox. Um, I tend to anything I watch. I tend to my reviews aren't always uh, like yesterday. I think for uh, bling ring, I think I just said uh, not bad. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I, I I'll at least write a little something, give my star rating no. on everything I uh, every new thing I watch. And also, I got some good. Uh, Good, I think good lists on there. I got a, a list of all the uh, 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 Oscar nom- Oscar winners from the last uh, almost forty years. Um, so yeah, okay. All right. Finish uh, up now. If uh, if we, Zach, if you have nothing else to say, I will say as we always say: be safe, be healthy, be kind to one another. Follow us on the social medias, and we'll see you guys next week for Wars of Virtue, which I'm very fucking excited I about. I cannot believe I have to watch this movie. Yeah, I'm so excited. All right, thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Love, you mean it.